Hello and welcome to Rigori, the Italian football podcast normally hosted by two grumpy Scottish Italians. But it's fair to say in recent weeks we've kind of gone against that that presenter style uh, thanks to the good form of our respective teams. I'm Marco Rinaldi. And I'm Giancarlo Rinaldi. Um, we'll get on to our own teams uh, later on in the podcast, but as ever, we recorded this on Sunday evening. We've just suffered through, although perhaps I'm being a bit harsh, uh, Bologna-Juve. What what did you make of that one? I actually thought it was not a bad game, Marco. I mean, it was but two not great teams, but that made for quite entertaining fear. It also, it also was a big battle of the VAR decisions. Um, two penalties given, neither of them given by the referee, both of them given by VAR, and not, not even sending him across to have another look. It was a case of VAR told him. So poor refereeing, really, I suppose you yeah. would say initially. Um, missed the first one entirely. Bit of a soft one. I don't know. I, I, Orsolini has got a bit of a reputation for going down quite easily. I think he did get... Danilo dangled out a leg, and there was certainly contact on the shin. How significant that contact was, I, I don't know. And again, you know, but... VAR saw the contact, gave the penalty, Orsolini up to convert it. Interestingly enough, that makes him the joint top Italian scorer in Serie A this yeah. calendar year or something <laughs> with Berardi, which tells its own story perhaps about Roberto Mancini's difficulties in finding players. But anyway, um, the, then then to, uh, well, what we thought was going to equalise it was a penalty at the other end where... It could be. It was one of these. To be fair to the referee, it was close on. Was it inside? Was it outside the box? Although there was a big clue because I think it was Arcadius Milik that was his boot came off and was stuck right inside the penalty. Well, on the line, <laughs> which is in the penalty box. So it was a big yeah. clue, you know. If you were, you wouldn't have taken Poirot to um, investigate that one and find out that it was a penalty. Anyway. The penalty was given, but Milik then dusted himself off and took one of the worst penalties you'll see in Serie A history. I think it was it was up there, certainly with the Zaza's great skyrocket that some <laughs> of you will remember. It, it was like your most sort of clumsy classmate getting up and trying to do the Jorginho. He sort of got stuck in mid-air and then... When he landed on the earth, he, all he could do was side foot it straight into Skorupski's hands. It was a terrible penalty. Now, he, he spared his own blushes by finishing off a nice goal and getting UV out of jail. But I don't, I don't know, it was a point probably that didn't, although Bologna at the end kind of seemed to accept the point. But both sides had chances to um, to win it. But I don't know, it was a point that really did either side many favours. Neither's in great form just now. UV obviously on a bad losing run, so I suppose it, it brought that to an end. And Bologna, you know, they've been in decent form, and I think that maybe keeps them in eighth place, which might yet, you know, um, judicial judgments pending, might yet yeah. be a European place. So, you know, that wasn't a bad wasn't a bad result for them. There was, as I say, there was some nice, well, always good to see Lewis Ferguson playing well for... Bologna, and I think Jordi Scouting or Shouting, however it's pronounced, Dutch midfielder had a good game for Bologna as well. But it was and Cambiasso did as well. Yeah, he came on and and maybe motivated against his against his parent club or whatever. I don't I don't know, but yeah, no, there there was some decent performances in it, but still fundamentally, Juve's got that issue of struggling to get goals when they have to impose themselves on a game. That's a long standing. 
issue that they've had and they had it again, you know, went behind and really they had spells. I mean, I think Erling Jr. made a bit of a difference when he came on, although he, he you know, he, he was he played a part in the equaliser, but then he kind of drifted out again. But that was a whole team issue. Juve kind of lost their their mojo as well, really, as they're prone to do. And you know, I I, I don't know. I think I think maybe they'd be better just trying to concentrate on getting those um, Europa League games and trying to get to a final and win something there because they don't look awfully like a team that's going to trouble the scorers in Serie A, really. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. And the, the I suppose the strangest thing to me is the news this week, at least according to the Gazeta, so you can never know if it's accurate, but, you know, they, they want to keep Allegri, um, which I personally cannot understand uh, Given, <laughs> no, was was greeted by cheers from the other nineteen sides <laughs> yeah, in exactly. Syria. I think because, well, I mean, in fairness, they are still up there, but you know, I think even even the most ardent Juventus fan has found them a bit like watching paint dry, um, and that might be complimentary to some of their performances this season. It's just so it's for a, a side with. The resources it has, it just hasn't entertained. And when and when you make okay, you know, I think lots of Juventus don't care about entertaining. Winning is the only thing that matters. Da da da. Whatever the club motto is. But the problem is when you're not winning and you're playing that badly, it's really you know you don't have the consolation that us poor souls who support much. Uh, less successful teams have of saying, "Oh well, we played well and we lost," or you know, we we were really unlucky. You can't really say that if if you pin your colours to the mast of you know we'll play ugly but we'll win, then you don't have yeah. a lot of consolation when you lose. You've lost a lot of games this season for for Juventus, not for not for other teams, and they've been even the games they've won have been pretty dull as as well. As I say, they might not care about those, but I think ultimately. You know, if they if this team doesn't finish in the top four, you know, let's say without taking any points off it, then that would be a pretty calamitous season, I would say. And, and to me, the the manager would be one of the first places you would look to to change things around. Definitely, definitely. But uh, enough of Juve. It was supposed to be party day in Naples, and from the pictures, I think it was party day in Naples. Anyway, but um, their the Scudetto party, first of all, it looked like Lazio might spoil the party, but Inter fought back well against them. Uh, and Napoli did take the lead, but couldn't hold on to it. To be fair, it was a great um, great goal by Salernitana. But it seems to me that Napoli have sort of stuttered. They're stuttering towards this finish line now, it, 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 which is, you know, given their form earlier in the season, you can you can forgive them for that. But... It, it, it seems it is like a team that hasn't won a league before yeah, uh, yeah. like this. It is. I'll, I'll give a, a very a topical gag here. It reminds me of, I think it was it Dorando Pietri at the London Olympics in the 1920s, that, <laughs> the Italian that won gold and he, had to, he, was, he was helped over the line. It's a, bit, it's a bit like that. They've been, you know, far out ahead far and away the best team in Italy and they far and away deserve the, the Scudetto yeah, and you know that, that's that's without doubt. But yeah, something's gone wrong. I, I don't know if it's the I don't know if it's the nerves. I don't know if it's just that it's really hard to maintain that level of performance for an entire season. There's been injuries as well, you know, there's been that 
kind of thing of the Champions League as well, where maybe their eye was taken off the ball a bit by by that when you know the the Scudetto was was so kind of beyond doubt so early. I don't know, but they haven't been the same fun to watch. And mm-hmm. I think we mentioned before, but I thought again today. The, the, I mean, Paolo Sousa's not an Italian coach, but he's an astute coach who's learned a lot of his skills in Serie A. And again, they did quite a good job, Salernitana. People have learned how to cancel out Kvaratskhelia quite well now. Yeah, He's such a good player. I think he'll come up with solutions to stop that. And I think, you know, coaches will come up with ways to get him on the ball because he's so exciting to watch on the ball. He's still so good at beating his man that, you know, that, that that's not suddenly going to disappear. But I do think teams have taken countermeasures. Maybe Osim Hen just a little less sharp than he was pre, pre-injury pre as well. And, but the biggest factor probably is just that... Um, pre-Scudetto tension, if you want to call it that. They're, they're, yeah. just, they're, they're just, you know, it's 33 years. I mean, let's not underestimate that. I, I tweeted something out today about, you know, in 80 years nearly since the Second World War, the Scudetto's only been won 12 times by teams outside of Milan and Turin. So, you know, what Napoli are doing to win it for a third time is absolutely amazing. It's been more than 20 years since anyone other than Milan, Inter or Juve won the league. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's an amazing achievement, but that comes with a certain degree of uh, apprehensiveness. And I think, in a way, I thought it was quite a good thing, in a way, although maybe Neapolitans wouldn't agree, but we've seen so many teams down the years in Italian football come down and roll over when, you know, when one team's got a big motivation. Yeah, I mean, it's only time I'd do still have to save themselves, you know, they're not they're not safe yet, but they're pretty comfortable in Serie A. The, the old script would have been, especially after Napoli got ahead, we'd have been, oh, well, you know, we've we've honoured the game, we've done our bit, and, you know, Matsoki, I think, who is a Neapolitan anyway, would have been seen on the sidelines <laughs> drinking spumante with the Napoli players. So, in a way, good that that, that, that didn't happen. It's only postponed. I mean, I think it could happen on Wednesday night if, if Lazio don't win, and then Almost certainly on on Thursday when when Napoli are back in action, they will get. I mean, yeah. it, it was a shame in a way because it you saw those scenes. The drone yeah. drone footage is absolutely fantastic of the, the. I still want to call it the San Paolo because I'm so old, but the, of the of the Maradona and outside, you know, and it just it looked amazing. So it will be in a way. You're right. I think the party started now anyway, and it will just carry on for days and days, if not years and years, and and rightly so. Yeah, I mean, I, I will be interested after Thursday, assuming that they do wrap it up then. You know, the games after that, I wonder if that tension will be gone and we will start to see a bit more of the Napoli that we saw earlier on in the season if if that tension has disappeared at that point. But it, like you say, just want to be clear that, you know, Napoli absolutely deserve this Scudetto. It's just that they, as all teams do, they've, they've hit a bit of a bad run of form uh, just at this moment in time. But it's only a matter of time and it just makes the party longer for the... Yeah, for yeah, the exactly, Napoli. exactly. That's right. You know, just take that as the sort of starter. That's like the aperitivo and the, the, exactly. the, the main meal is, is yet to come. Uh, and I mentioned uh, Inter beating Lazio there and I just wanted to... Uh, touch on them briefly because I have of course uh, slandered uh, Simone Inzaghi um, but 
is it fair to say that they're maybe hitting form? They're hitting form at the right time of the season. Yeah, I, th- I think that is true. I mean, he loves the cup competition, so it's no surprise to see them doing well in that. But yeah, no, I think he he has kind of under the absolute gun of pressure. You know, the gun to his head really here. Um, we we all think he's a dead man walking as as inter coach. There's been a lot of rumours of people coming in to replace him, but. He keeps winning a stay of execution, and they keep playing a little bit better mm. every time. And he's, you know, he's got the resources there, so it's not, it's far from impossible that he could end the season with two trophies. If he wins the Coppa Italia, that would be, a, well, I would consider it to be a bad thing, but that would be a good thing. <laughs> that would be a good thing for his mind. But I don't know if that would be his salvation because he has won it a lot. No, yeah. For it, but if he won a Champions League. I think he'd be untouchable. You can't, you can't at least for the first three games of next season. Anyway, you know he he would be untouchable. But no, there were signs there. You know, because I think earlier in the season, Inter would undoubtedly have capitulated. But they they came back. They won. I, I was full of sort of omens when a, an Argentinian wearing number ten scored the two goals to um, help deliver the Scudetto yeah. to Napoli. I thought this is an omen, but. That wasn't to be. But no, they definitely started. But the only thing I think about Inter watching them today was I thought, how many misfits do they have in their team? It's yes, quite incredible. Yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. you you think of that. Korea, they obviously, they don't seem to like him. Misfit. Chalinoglu, misfit. Denzel Dumfries, bit of a misfit. Romelu Lukaku, a bit of a, If they all click, it'll be a great yeah. team. But there's mm. just so many of them that don't seem to give their best week in, week out to, to enter, you know, so it's just a question of, I mean, we have been critical of Inzaghi, but he's he's getting a, a tune out of them now, and if he delivers one trophy or even two trophies at the end of this season, then, you know, he can come on the pod and rightly ridicule the pair of us. <laughs> yeah, In that, heard, if he's got any voice left, of course. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, and uh, on the other side of, of Milan, uh, there was late drama uh, in the Roma-Milan game, both goals coming in injury time. Um, Roma taking the lead and then the Roma defence falling asleep and allowing Salamakers to, to equalise. I mean, what was your take on, on that game? Uh, to me, Milan probably had the better play through the game, uh, but you thought once Abraham had scored, then, you know, Roma should be able to hold on at that stage. It, it looked like classic Mourinho. I thought, you know, Roma weren't brilliant. The better chances during the game, Milan had them. I think, I think Rafael Leao is starting to be, you know, we've said this before, he's definitely clicking back into gear now. He looks, he looks great again. But, it, it, Tammy Abraham, t- lovely finish. Oh, to see, you know, his, yeah, you know, it was, yeah. to to what looked like to all the world, you know, that was it the ninety third, ninety fourth minute. Um, looked for all the world like a classic Mourinho style winner, but they they did switch off, and I thought Milan deserved their equal really on the on the play. You know, as I say, Roma are another team that a bit like Juventus that I don't think neutrals really tune in to watch an awful lot of because they're not all that entertaining but they get the job done but um, Milan popped up and um, gave them a, a kick in the Salamakers right at the <laughs> right in the right in the 
closing minutes. So you know, there's that. He's another man silencing his critics really for because I've often wondered what is the point of uh, Salah Marker's, but he's popped up with a, a well, a potentially vital goal towards um, future European qualification for Milan if if they don't make it through through winning the Champions League. I think it just shows the strength of this podcast and who listens to it that they want to prove us wrong when we. Yeah, when we yeah, yeah. That's them. right. That's right. Yeah, I'm going to be going in really hard on Fiorentina players ahead <laughs> of the ahead of the uh, Conference League semi-finals and the Coppa Italia final later this this month. I'll be really digging into Artur Cabral and Dodo just to uh, give them a good give them a good kick in so that they can prove me wrong. Well, um, um, touching on on Fiorentina, obviously a big result today, 5-0 against Sampdoria. And after sort of stuttering, I suppose, last week, um, back to that good form that they've been showing in the past past few weeks. Sampdoria were the medicine you would want in those. If you were a struggling side, uh, you would put down on your sort of menu top first Dish, Primo Piatto, Sampdoria, because they were terrible. Uh, in, in fairness, it was a terrible first half. And then Castrovilli, uh, Gaetano Castrovilli, who's had a, a really bad time with injuries, popped up at the back post with a lovely volley in off the post. Was, I think it was his first Serie A goal in two years. Quite an emotional moment. And that, that broke what little resolve Sampdoria had. I mean, I, I don't. Um, belittle the problems they're having off the pitch. I think these things always have an effect on the pitch. There's a lot of kind of worries about their financial situation, and the players just looked demoralised and they looked broke. And then you know, Fiorentina had made a lot of changes from the from from the the midweek game, and but they did all click. And in fact, it became almost like a procession of who could get their first goal for Fiorentina Dodo scored Alexa Tertic scored and stripped naked, I mean a word for Dodo he's been a revelation for Fiorentina in recent weeks a real um, both playing well and a kind of a spiritual leader to the team really getting them, I mean he's now dyed his hair purple which you know I would do if that were possible <laughs> um, and he, he incites the crowd, he goes on these marauding runs down the wing that are really impressive, and you know he's he's tightened things up defensively as well. He just looks like a player who feels confident. I think he was not fully fit at the start of the season, and now he's just clicked and he's playing really well and scoring goals. The, the, the only downside for Fiorentina really was that Luka Jovic didn't score because he's he had a couple of assists, he played pretty well, but I think they would like to have him in goal scoring form just as a you know an able deputy for Artur Cabral because it's a big big month um, yeah. ahead for Fiorentina. But yeah, that was a that was a morale boost. But Sampdoria just looked so forlorn and for you know quite a lot of affection for a team that gave us a lot of satisfaction back in the sort of late 80s, early 90s in, in Serie A and in, in Europe as well, but there's a shadow of what they were and, and it was 5-0 going on 25-0 that game, so you know, shame for shame for Sam, but you know, great for great for Fiorentina to give them a wee a wee boost ahead of a of a difficult month. Absolutely. And um this would normally be where I, I talk about Venezia, but um unfortunately well Fortunately, we've not played this weekend yet, so that's tomorrow's uh, game, which is another big one, obviously, in terms of uh, hopefully 
securing our place, at least in Serie B. Um, the the results today, there's only been a couple of Serie B games, but the results today went about as well as they could. And from that perspective, Perugia could only draw with Spal. So um, we are starting to look a bit more secure away from those play-out spots. So uh, if we can continue the form that we've been in recently, reasonably optimistic against Modena, which, you know, it's a bit of a, you know, they're on 44 points, we're on 42 points, so it could be, it could definitely be a, a big game if we could win it, and then we could actually start to have a short dream of of playoff. No, definitely, definitely. We've been, I've been like what we've mentioned about Inter there, although Inter much further up the table. But it is about it's such a close league Serie B that hitting form at the right time is going to be is going to be vital. So you know, if you can go on a tear and and win the majority of your remaining games, I, I'd I'd suspect that it could well put you in the playoffs because there's a few teams there. I've said at the bottom end of that that aren't in great form. Um, so there, there's definitely an opportunity for somebody, maybe not Venezia, mm-hmm. but there's definitely an opportunity for one or two teams from that chasing pack to sneak into the playoffs. And then, you know, as I say, that, that can always be a, I think that's quite a nice position to be in, like a sniper picking off your targets, really, because, you know, the, those teams that have been in it all season and maybe had a harboured thoughts of getting an automatic place can be a bit deflated, whereas you're going in in tip-top form and on a, and on a roll. So, you know, it'd be great for this podcast if it was Venezia that, that were the ones to sneak in there. Absolutely. But given what we said about the podcast, maybe I should be saying that they're rubbish. Yeah. They'll definitely lose yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, that cherry <laughs> chef needs to take a good, and Poya and Palo, they need to take a good, long, hard look at themselves. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and hopefully we've done our magic there. Exactly. Well, I mean, that's that's it for this week. Um, a quick roundup there of the games. We will, of course, be back next week. But if you've enjoyed this episode, please be sure to follow, subscribe, like us, rate us, all of these things. They all help. Uh, and, oh, I meant to say, actually, we were uh, I, I spotted as being talked about on Reddit, of all places, uh-huh. on the podcast forum. Oh, excellent. But, or not. But, <laughs> strangely, the, the request was, can anyone tell me of podcasts with uh, people with Scottish accents oh, as the host. Right. Some, someone put us forward. <laughs> well, as, yeah, as that, yeah so well, I mean, we'll take that. We'll take that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. it's all... Podcasts, but colon Scottish, colon accents. If you look up that, there'll not be that many. So there's, that's excellent. Yeah, take, we'll take that. All listeners, welcome. Exactly, absolutely, for whatever reason. Uh, and we'll be back next week, as usual, with more nonsense about all the goings on in Italian football. Definitely.